The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Yeah, baby. What is going on, Buffalo Fanatics? Man, I'm glad to be with you guys here for another edition of Rated Rev. Brought to you by BetUS on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Let's get this thing popping, baby. Come on in here. I want to know. Everybody that's in here right now. You already know how we do it. Smash that like first and foremost, right? Subscribe to the channel. But then I need to know where you guys are watching me from. It's a roll call, baby. In case you didn't know, this is the BF rated rev roll call. I need to know where you guys are watching me from. Chat, go up. I already see you guys already in here. Good to see everybody that's in here right now. Ronald Ringler, what's going on? I am tired. I see you. Frank Perella, Jeff King in the house. The Bills Mafia. I see you all up in here. Christopher Muniz. What's good, baby? What's good to the chat? What's good to everybody who's tuning in right now? Ronald Fogan comes in from Dover, Delaware. I've got Domo in the house. Sioux City, Iowa. What's good, baby? I've got Ronald in here from PA. Christopher Muniz from Maryland. Oh, I've got a Fort Hood in here. Fort Hood, Texas, baby. Heather Hathaway. What's going on? Glad to see you guys in here and gals in here. I've got Kevin Dzinski from North Carolina. I've got Mark. Where'd you go, Mark? Mark Luciano from Hudson, New York. What's good, baby? I've got Doug all in here from Syracuse. What's good, Doug? Everybody in here. If you have not already done so, smash that like and hit the subscribe button. Turn on those bell notifications as well as you're getting in. I've got Michael C. Chris from Baltimore, Maryland. I've got Gary Park, Chesapeake, Virginia. Jeff B., L.A., baby. Oh, man, we're getting up in here now. I've got Matthew from Boise, Idaho. What's up, Matthew Puzat? North Buffalo in the house from Party RD. Niagara, Canada in the house from James. Sweat coming in from Indianapolis. What's up? What's good, brother? Man, oh, man. I am excited to be with you guys again for another edition, another episode of Rated Rev, brought to you by Bet US on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. And to those of you who are listening via podcast format, what's happening? My name is Rev Rhodes. I go by Rev for short. And you are tuned in to Rated Rev on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Grace and peace to everybody who's watching, everybody who's tuning in. Thank you so very much for joining me this week. Michael Andrew coming in from Hamburg, New York. Frank Perella, man, much love, baby. He says, yo, I love the channel. I appreciate that, Frank. I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody in here who's been rocking with BF for so long and is still rocking with us. I've got my man, Benevolent Drums from North B. Low in the house. 
James and your love in the background, Rev. I appreciate that, James. Uh, I had to switch it up, man. I had to do something different. And I'm excited. I am so incredibly excited to be here with you guys again on another week. And how are you all doing? I want to know how you're feeling. Huh? How are you feeling? How's your week been? How you feel about the bills coming up? Man, and listen, listen. Uh, I'll tell you right now. After last week's game, and I'm not going to be on this long at all, but after last week's game, initially, my initial feelings were like, you know what? I'm not that bothered by it. I'm not. I mean, yeah, they played like, like hot garbage, right? But I tried, to, I tried to, to convince myself that I was not going to in, go through this season being burnt out of shape when the Bills lose a game. At least that was my original intent. Because as the, the, the evening progressed and, 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 and the days you know, going into this week started, and started to settle, I, that, that loss began to just marinate, so to speak. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I felt some type of way about that loss. I do. I've got no problem with the Bills getting their butts kicked. No problem whatsoever. All right. Well, uh, well I can't lie. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that. I don't have a problem when the Bills lose because they gave their all and they just got beat by a better team. Let me say it like that. But last week, that game right there was hot garbage. The Bills played like crap. Okay, let's just be honest. Play like crap, and I hated the way they lost. I hated it. And I was on here, and you guys know it. Jeff King, where you at, Jeff? Because he told me, too. He, he, he said it. I think it was in a pregame show. He's like, yo, you guys don't overlook the Jets. And I'm like, man, look, I get it. But we're the Bills, man. At the end of the day, we're the Bills. And if the Bills are on the A game, nobody's stopping us. No, nobody's stopping the Bills if the Bills are on the A game. And I said on the pregame show with myself, uh, Z-Bot, Kev Syracuse, and Evan Harrington. I was like, look, they said, Rev, Rev, should there be a reason for concern with this game? I said, no, no. The Jets should be concerned, not the Bills. And I said, this is, this is the reason, this, this is how the, how, 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 how the Jets will win this game. The Jets will win this game on the back of a defense. If they're able to slow down the Bills' offense and stop them, that's how the Jets win. The Jets win. Not, not going to be because of Zach Wilson. It's going to be because of their defense. And if the Bills lose, it will also be because the offense shot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in the foot, and the guys didn't step up. Well, what happened? Both, both scenarios happened. You know, and, uh, and we had a stinker of a game by the Bills' offense. And then on top of that, Josh Allen gets injured, which we're going to talk about that. So, yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, who was that? I'm trying, I'm trying to go through the chat right now. I see it. Uh, yeah, Kaz, uh, Scott, he says, yo, yo, we beat the heck out of ourselves, man. That's the only way we can lose. That's what happened. The Bills play like, 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 like doo-doo, namely Josh Allen. I mean, we, we, can, we can just go through everybody on the team, right, and just, just let them all have it. But Josh has to bear the load. Because he just played, he, he just played bad. He did. And he played, he's been playing six quarters of bad football. He and the offense have. Defense has, has, has done what they had to do to stay in the games. But six quarters of bad football by Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense was something I did not expect to happen. And when I say six quarters, I'm going back to the second half of the Green Bay Packers game. 
because that's when that's when it all started. But anyway, we're here. This is where we are. This is where the Bills are. They stay six and two, right in the AFC, six and two, and they are tied for first place in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I do, they do have, of course, they have the head-to-head victory over them. But they're zero and two in the division. And uh, if we are trying to get that number one seed, we cannot, cannot continue to lose these divisional games. Cannot do it. And my man Jeff comes in with a super chat. Jeff, I appreciate it, baby. He says, yo, Reb, I was pissed. Yes, but it is what it is. We're still ahead of the game. They just need to realize how close those dogs are nipping at our heels. Jeff, man, look. I, I agree with you, buddy, uh, 100%. I was so incredibly confident, not just in this game, but just at the beginning of the season in the Buffalo Bills entering this season. I was very confident. And I thought that, you know, a lot of the hype that they were getting uh, to a degree was warranted, right? Um, obviously, they hadn't played anybody. They hadn't won anything. But this team was an excellent team, a phenomenal team. And there's no reason why we as Bills fans should, uh, shouldn't embrace that, right? They're good. They are very good, and it's time for us to change our perception and how we, how, and how we uh, view the Bills. Change the way we fan, so to speak, right? No more drought years, right? This is, this is, this is not the drought era Bills anymore. This is the Buffalo Bills of now, the new era Bills and they are Super Bowl contenders, legitimate. And so they come into the season as, as one of the favorites. I'm like, yeah, they should be. But I severely misdiagnosed how close the AFC East race really was and is. And it's closer than I thought. And we can see that right now. And it looks as if the AFC East is the toughest division in the National Football League right now. That's the way it looks. Coming into the season, I would have thought the AFC West would have been the toughest division. And that division is looking like, yeah, right? Outside of the Chiefs, it looks bad. And with all that talent that's in that division, it shocked the mess out of me. And who would have thought in a million years that we'd be talking about the AFC East as one of the toughest divisions in the National Football League right now? <laughs> when you look at Josh Allen as the quarterback of the Bills, and then you see the likes of Tua and, and, and Zach Wilson and Matt Jones. Like, I would have never thought. Never. But here we are. This goes to show you, man, that the NFL is, is, is a crapshoot. You just never know. You never know what can happen from year to year, let alone week to week. And so, nevertheless, the Bills are 6-2, and two, still tied for first place, but we cannot get too comfortable. We cannot get too comfortable with this barely lead, right? I mean, it's, we're barely in the lead, barely. Had it not been for the, the head-to-head matchup over the Chiefs, we would not be in first place right now. But besides looking at the Chiefs, we need to forget the Chiefs. Don't even look to them. We need to look right in the division. We're 0-2. Losses to the Dolphins and the Jets, who are right there on our heels. It is time for this team to wake all the way up. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what's going on. But they need to shake themselves awake. 
shake themselves awake from their slumber and get themselves together quick, fast, in a hurry before they find themselves on the outside looking in. And we've talked too much crap. <laughs> I know I have talked too much crap to have to eat it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to eat nothing. The bills better fix it. Make me look better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anthony comes in. Anthony Altimo says, yo, 0-2 in the division is crazy. Let's finish 4-2 and in the division. We have to. We're, it, by the looks of it, we have to. Because I tell you what, the Dolphins ain't no joke. I thought they were a joke. They're no joke. They look incredible with Tua. Man, I would have never thought. But they look very good. Tyreek Hill leading the leading league in receiving yards right now by a significant margin. Who would have thought that was would, would have happened? I would have thought, man, please, there's no way in the world that's going to happen. Going to Miami with Tua. Tua ain't Pat Mahomes. That's what I was saying. I was talking it. And I'm having to eat every last one of my words. And it don't taste good. But it's all right. You win some, you lose some. You know what I'm saying? And then the Jets. Are they legit? Are they for real? Look, they sure looked it Sunday, right? They sure looked apart Sunday. I know we may have the, uh, the edge in the quarterback category, but man, oh, man, they gave us a run for our money. And I felt like they would, I felt like they would come with it, but I just did not think that they had what it took to beat the juggernaut Buffalo Bills. I didn't think it. I, and I, man, I was out there talking about, yo, 45, 10 Bills. Defense, and, and man, I look stupid. I look ridiculous. But hey, so I'm saying, look, look, I, I can't, you can't be right every time, all the time. I ain't got no problem being wrong. But anyway, I don't, I'm not giving up on the Bills. This is not panic mode. We're not hitting the panic alarm. You know what I'm saying? We're not doing that. Uh, we're not throwing out lifeboats. You know what I'm saying? We still have a lot of football left to play. A ton of football left to play. Is this what we thought would happen? No. But, uh, I mean, when we look at it, before the season started, I mean, 6-2 and two right now at the halfway mark of the season looks pretty good. Regardless of how those losses, we got those losses, 6-2 and two still looks good. Right? Uh, we weren't going undefeated. That just wasn't going to happen. I know it was good to talk about it because I was on the hype. Will the Bills go 20-0? Will they go 20-0? I was with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just a virtual uncertainty. I mean, I'm almost impossible for it to happen. Right? So they're 6-2. and two. Still very good record. Still very good record. But the Bills need to start stacking wins. And uh, stacking wins quickly. Starting with this Sunday against the 7-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook coming into town to play the Bills. Boy, if they're not awake after the Jets game, they better be awake this, this week. I mean, for real. They better be awake. And we're going to talk about all of that uh, here coming up. But uh, what I wanted to jump into right now is, obviously, this, this, this is the major news. Not just major Bills news, but this is, this news has, has taken hold of the entire national football landscape, right? This is the leading headline, you know, across the NFL. And that is, will Josh Allen be healthy enough for Sunday? You know what I'm saying? What's the, what's, what's the deal with the Josh Allen injury? 
however you want to say it. All right. Josh Allen, his elbow. What's going on with Josh? We got to talk about it. I know, I know, I know it's, it's been talked about ad nauseum already, but we've got to talk about it. Like, like what's going on with Josh? I mean, we understand that. I mean, based upon what McDermott said, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's day to day, right? It's day to day with Josh. Um, we don't know the severity of the injury. We know Joff is one tough son of a gun, right? And, and uh, leave it up to him, man. He's going to play. But we also understand um, how conservative Sean McDermott and the coaching staff is. And, and they, they really have to be very cautious and careful with their multi, multi-million dollar asset. I'm talking about $200 million asset in Josh Allen. They have to be cautious with how they play this thing because you have to protect yourself you have to protect josh from himself you ask josh josh are you good to go with the sunday he said yeah i'm good i'm good tape it up tape it up coach put a band-aid on it i'm good i'm ready to go you just can't you can't trust josh right <laughs> you just can't he's a he's a hyper competitor you know what i'm saying and so we need to make sure that he's healthy because what's most important is that Josh is good to go for the rest of the season and into the playoffs as we try to secure our first Lombardi trophy. It's not so much important that, that Josh plays Sunday. I, I get it. I know we want to see him play. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, which more, what's more important, right? Playing Josh against an, uh, uh, an NFC opponent and risking him re-injuring his, his elbow or injuring it even more to where he has to miss more games or even tear it for that matter. I mean, and he's out for the rest of the season. I mean, do you want to risk that? Or do you want him to be fully healthy and ready to go? I would, I, I would take the latter. You know what I'm saying? So, so McDermott, um, and he was very, he was very uh, Bill Belichick, Bill, very Bill Belichickian, Right in his uh, press conference today, talking about it, like I'm not, I'm not talking about Josh Allen and his injury. I'm not doing it. It's day, it's day to day, day by day, and so we can, we can, we can, we can anticipate that's going to be, it's going to be like that going forward. Um, and I would even say that it's probably going to be a game time decision. I think they're going to play it just that close to the vest because is there a little showmanship involved? Yeah, I believe it. I believe there's a little showmanship involved as well. You want to keep the Vikings guessing whether or not they're going to have to prepare for Josh Allen or Case Keenum. Why not have him prepare for both? Right? Don't let anything out. And so um, that's the way I think it's going to happen all the way up until game day. I really think, I don't think we're going to get anything from Friday. I think we're going to wait. It's going to be a game time decision. And we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. Um, what are you guys' Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, what are your concerns? Do you have any concerns about Josh right now in his elbow? Do you, are you concerned that he could miss time, that he could miss this game? We're going to talk about that as well, because um, as you know, um, at, the, at the top of the show, I even mentioned what I thought, right? I mean, the title of the show I mean, is, 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 could this really be a blessing in disguise? Could the absence of Josh Allen be a blessing in disguise for the Bills' offense? Let me know your comments. I want to know your thoughts and your comments right now in the chat. And then even after the show, I want to know your comments and your thoughts. Could 
a Josh Allen absence this week be a blessing in disguise for the Bills offense? We will definitely touch on that a little later in the show. But until then, do me this favor, will you? Smash that like, hit the subscribe button, and turn the bell notifications on so you don't miss out on anything related to the Bills and the Buffalo Fanatics. Let's keep it moving, baby. So I want to introduce a new segment to the show. Um, and this new segment is entitled Put Up or Shut Up. Put up or shut up, ladies and gentlemen. Put up or shut up. And essentially, we're going to discuss players on the offense and the defensive side of the ball who need to put up or shut up. And I want to hear from you who's watching live right now. Drop it in the chat. I need to know. And so we're going to talk about it. Let's, let's, let's start it off right now. Let's take a look at uh, which side of the ball do I want to go with? Let's go with the offensive side of the ball. Put up or shut up. Bills offense. The Buffalo Bills offense, we know, has been in a funk. This is something that we could not have anticipated. I know it's something that I did not anticipate at all. The Bills offense tops of the league start the year off, right? Even into the season, top of the league in offense. Top of the league uh, in points per game and scoring. But over the past or the last six quarters of play, this Bills offense has looked pedestrian. They have not looked anything like the dominant offense that we were so privileged to see earlier in the season. And I'm sure all of you all who's watching can agree, and those who are listening would agree as well. This offense is looking like a shell of themselves. What's going on with the offense? What is it? Have defenses really figured out the offense? After eight weeks of play, have they figured out the Buffalo Bills? Or is this self-inflicted wounds by the, by the Bills themselves? I think it could be a combination of both. I think it could be a combination of both. And as I look at, granted, yes, um, Bill, uh, not Bills, but, but other, national, other teams in the National Football League, other defenses, they get paid as well. Defensive coordinators get paid as well. So it is really no surprise to see defenses starting to play the Bills better, especially when they have good defenses already, like the Dolphins and like the Chiefs. Uh, not the Chiefs. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why. They're, they're the Chiefs are my hit. The Jets. Okay. The Jets' top 10 defense, we know that, okay? So it's no surprise to see them play him hard and tough. We can expect that going forward. Is the book out on the offense? I don't think so. I just think that, that teams have started to, to see certain tendencies and they are counteracting, right? This is all about moves and counter moves in the National Football League. You can't do any one thing for too long before other teams start to figure you out. You have to stay ahead of the curve always, all the time. Stay ahead of the curve. That's why I, I respect Bill Belichick so much. I know we hate him as, as you know, as Bills fans, right, for 20 semi-years just beating the brakes out of the Bills with Tom Brady. But you have to give him credit. That man knew how to knows how to coach, okay? And he knew how to stay ahead of the curve in the National Football League. He stayed ahead of teams. 
He let them think they had him figured out, but then he switched it up on them. And he always switched it up in game and game after game. You never knew what type of uh, Patriots offense you were going to see from week to week. And get this, they had the GOAT in Tom Brady. Some weeks you would see them air it out, right? Back when they had uh, Randy Moss airing it out. And then when they had, you know, when they, when they moved away from that and they were, and they, they switched from a vertical passing game to a horizontal passing game with Julian Edelman, right? You had Tom Brady. There were games when he would just air it out, boom. Slice and dice you. Up and down the field, up and down the field. Julian Edelman, uh, Gronk, James White out of the backfield, right? And then there were games when he would just turn around and hand the ball off, right? Hand the ball off, and their running game would just pound you, pound you down after down after down after down until you stopped it, which in many cases you could not stop it. And they did that. They morphed into a team like that with Tom Brady. I say that because we as Bills fans say there is no way in the world we should let, we should take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. First of all, Josh Allen ain't Superman, and Josh Allen ain't Tom Brady, okay? He's a great young player, but he is not as accomplished as Tom Brady, okay? And so to say we cannot take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands is, in my opinion, ridiculous. You have to do whatever is required to win the game. And we're seeing that right now that Josh Allen ain't Superman, ladies and gentlemen. He cannot win by himself. That can only last for so long. He needs other people to step up. And so far, after eight games, the only player who has stepped up on the offense, along with Josh, has been Stephon Diggs. And so here we are right now. Who on the Bills' offense needs to put up or shut up? And in my opinion, as much as this hurts me and pains me to say, because I was um, this guy's biggest fan, his, his, his biggest cheerleader. And uh, it really pains me to say this, but I got to call it like it is. The player on the offense that needs to put up or shut up has to be Gabe Davis. It has to be Gabe Davis. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I see others who are in here right now who agree with me. Jim Graham, John uh, Suryavong also agrees with me. It has to be Gabe Davis. Look, let's just take a look at his stats real quick. Gabe Davis, so far, after eight games, 18 receptions, 451 yards receiving. 25.1 yards per reception looks very good. Four touchdowns. You say, that's, 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 pretty, that's all right. It's not bad. It's all right. Look, stats we know. Stats do not tell the entire story, right? We know that. Stats do not tell the entire story. But one thing this, these stats do tell <laughs> is that Gabe Davis seems to be Mr. Big Play or nothing. So far, after eight games in the season, he's either Mr. Big Play or nothing. He's either getting the big chunk play down the field by Josh Allen, like we saw uh, in the, uh, against the Steelers and, and against the, 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 uh, 
the Rams, the t- either getting huge play down the field or he is utterly non-existent. When you have 25.1 yards per reception, that's what it tells me. You're a big play guy. And if you're not getting a big play, you're doing nothing. What has absolutely Anthony Altimo says, yo, he's boom or bust. Boom or bust. He's that guy on fantasy that, man, you're like, you're like, dude, do I want to play this guy or not, man? Because, I mean, he's a boom or bust guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, either he's going to, like, one week he's going to boom or, or you're going to play him and he's just going to be a complete dud, right? I mean, like 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 having Mike Evans on your, on your fantasy team. I had him before. Boom or bust player, man, because unless he was scoring touchdowns, he's not going to do anything for your team, right? Gabe Davis is not even that type of a player, right? He's not even in, in, in the same stratosphere as Mike Evans. But so far, he's like either he's a, a big play guy or he's a no play guy. You can't find him for nothing. Mr. Like, like Rico's milk carton. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's gone missing. And that's sad to say because I had high hopes for Gabe. Going into the season, I thought, yo, he just needs an opportunity to be the number two dog. We had, he had to play behind Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. And uh, he's been proving himself that when he gets a chance, that man, yo, yo, he performed. Look at his yards per reception, over 15 or 16 yards for his career in two years. He just needs the targets. He needs the receptions. Well, guess what? They gave it to him this year. And he's done what with it? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely not, not consistent enough. He's so far, he is shown to be, and, and maybe, you know, he can change it around. I don't know. I hope so, because I, I really, I really, I really hope the best for him. But I'm not so sure that he's a reliable number two possession wide receiver for this offense that they need. When when teams are 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 bracketing digs. When you look at what the Jets did, the Jets decided not to play Sauce Gardner on, di- on digs. Instead, they put Sauce on Gabe Davis for the majority of the game and had DJ Reed bracketed on digs. And so when you got bracket coverage on digs, now you've got Davis, your number two, essentially, quote unquote, going against their number one lockdown corner and Sauce Gardner. What happened? We saw what happened. Gabe did absolutely nothing. And I can guarantee you that is something we can see from defenses going forward because this is a copycat league. Granted, not every team in the National Football League that we will face, that the offense will face, has a lockdown corner like Sauce Gardner. But you can see a similar um, strategy being deployed by other defenses. Because Gabe has just not shown himself to be a reliable number two receiving option for the Buffalo Bills offense that we anticipated, that we expected. It just hasn't happened. And I was on, I was on the, I mean, on the fence. Like, like, yo, Gabe is going to be that guy. I even put out on my, on my mama, the Bills were going to have two 1,000 yard receiving, uh, 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 receivers this year. Two receivers were going to have a, th- a thousand yards receiving. And that was Defon Diggs and Gabe Davis. And boy, do I look like a fool right now. Gabe, you're making me look very bad. Very bad. And I don't appreciate it. And so, I don't know what's up with Gabe. I don't know what's up with him, man. I never thought he was a great route runner, but I thought he was good enough. or thought that he would be good enough. 
it's just not panning out. And maybe it's something with Ken Dorsey. Maybe Dorsey needs us to stop throwing, running him deep. I don't know. Maybe they need to have some more intermediate routes for him underneath some quick hitters to get in the ball, right? We know he's not really a yak guy. He's a bigger guy. So give him the ball quick, boom, right? Something, something to keep the ball rolling. But man, oh man, how much, and I know there are a lot of mafia, Bill's mafia, and cannot stand this guy. And, 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 and I get it. But how much do we miss the offense? How much does the offense miss Cole Beasley right now? Like him or hate him, love him or hate him, right? You cannot deny the fact that when he was on the field and healthy, especially uh, in his prime with the Bills, man, he was a dangerous target for the Bills underneath, right? Yeah, Gabe Davis on the outside, but man, Cole Beasley in the slot was a slot machine. He was that guy. He was Mr. Reliable for Josh. You need a third down conversion. Who does Josh look to? Cole Beasley in the slot. Breaking ankles, has a great feel for zone coverage, quick enough to beat man coverage. He's not going to give you much yak, but man, he can do what was needed. We don't, where's that guy right now? We don't have him. We don't have him. Gabe Davis is not, he, he's just not that guy right now. So Gabe is definitely, uh, he, yo, he needs to put up or shut up right now. Put up or shut up, Gabe. We need you. We this offense definitely needs you. My second candidate, because I thought to just go with one, right? I was like, oh, you know, let me just go with one. But I'm like, nah, I, I, I can't just go with one. There's another guy um, <laughs> on this offense that, man, really needs to put up or shut up. There is another guy, and I'm like, dude, I, and again, I had high hopes for this, for this, for this, for this man, too. And uh, so far, He's done nothing, nothing um, that would make me say, you know what? Yeah, man, yeah, this is it. And that is, and it hurts me to say this, that's Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. I see some people saying McKenzie. Look, I, for me, it's not McKenzie because I didn't really expect McKenzie to do much, right? But Dawson Knox, what did he last year? Exploded last year, right? Didn't he have like what? Over 500 yards receiving, right? I think he either, either he tied first in touchdowns from tight ends or, or it was in second place, something like that, something crazy like that. He had such a great year last year that, that he got a, an extension, a contract extension because of his performance. Dawson Knox, I agree with Anthony, Anthony Altimus. He has been completely M-I-A. And he should be a solid third option for Allen. Absolutely agree with that statement. Where has Dawson Knox been this year? He has 20 receptions, 183 yards receiving. Let me say that again. In eight games. And I know he didn't play one game, right? But still, 20 receptions and only 183 yards receiving. He's got 9.2 yards per reception, though, but only two touchdowns. That is beyond pedestrian. That is like sound the alarm bad. Like, what's up? Like, what is going on? 
because he is he is definitely not living up to the contract extension he just got. Right. And I'm trying to be, you know, understanding. Right. I, I do. I do understand that there is a lot going on in his personal life. I get that. And so perhaps that has a lot to do with it. Because I, I shudder to think, to believe that he just forgot how to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, that he just fell off the map and he's just not good anymore. I, I, I don't think that, right? It's hard, right? I mean, you saw him last year. You saw him. He looked amazing. And so has he just gone MIA because he's just not performing well? Or, it, or is it something psychological going on because of what's going on off the field? Or... Or what? Or is it Ken Dorsey in the in the offense, right? In in, in the design of, the, of of the offense, what is going on? But I don't know what's going on. But all I know is that he is not doing anything for us. Another guy that Josh Allen should be able to rely upon. That's two guys, two key guys, key con- who should be key contributors on the offense, are doing absolutely nothing for Josh. Absolutely nothing. And it's sad, right? It's sad because we see these, we see this happening, and we're like, yo, Josh can't do this by himself. We're starting to see him, we're starting to see uncharacteristic Josh. We're starting to see rookie Josh making bonehead decision, Josh, sugar high Josh, right? Throwing to guys like throwing, throwing, throwing right into the arms of defenders. Like the interception, I mean, he talked about it. About the Jets game, like, like, look, oh, I didn't, I didn't see the guy on that one interception. Uh, you know, Knox was, you know, he, 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 he went this way, and, and you know, the, the defensive end was in my way, and then I didn't see, you know, the defender behind him, and, and I didn't see him. What do you mean you didn't see him? How could you not see him, bro? Like, come on, like, dude, really? And then he said, and then the other one, it was just, you know, brain fart. Excuse me, did you just say brain fart? Josh, you are Mr. $200 million man, five years in the league, two-time MVP front runner, right? Or, or, you know what I'm saying? And you had a brain fart? That was your excuse for that dumb interception you threw right into the hands of Sauce Garden? A brain fart, bro? Are you serious? Like, what is going on? What's going on? I would, I would throw Josh on there. I started to. Because he needs to put up a shut up, man. Because look, look, he's been he's he has not been looking good. Six quarters, he has not looked good for six quarters. I know we love, I know we love us some Josh. I do, but hey, we cannot. Josh is not above reproach. Let's say it like that, right? As much as we love him, we he's not above reproach. We we cannot just refuse to criticize certain players because of their status on the team, whatever the case may be. He played like garbage, and I'm glad he admitted it after the game, but I'm tired of him. I need him to fix it. It's one thing to admit it. It's another thing to fix it. Fix it, Josh. I need you to fix it. Your team needs you to fix it. But maybe, and just maybe, granted, those mistakes are his mistakes. He owns them, as he should. But maybe, just maybe, Josh is losing confidence in his team namely the offense beyond stefan diggs maybe he's feeling the need to have to press because outside of diggs 
There is nobody else who's helping him out. What do you think? It sure would be a good time to have a run game, right? That you could rely on. But we don't. We don't have a, we don't have a run game to, to save our lives. And so now here we are. 100% Josh Allen. We're 100% Josh Allen all in or nothing. And when Josh is off, it's a wrap. You cannot have an offense like that. You, you just can't because there's going to be there's going to be times when guys have bad games, right? Bad spats, bad spurts. Bad. I mean, they're just having a they're in a funk for a week or two, and you need to have people that you can rely on. And at the moment, right now. We don't have our number two wide receiver in Gabe Davis. And we don't have our number one tight end who just got a, a huge extension in Dawson Knox helping out. And we definitely sure don't have a running game. So what is going to happen? I don't know. But something needs to give. Something definitely needs to give. You guys let me know what's going on. Let me take some time and, and, and go through the chat. I want to I wanna, uh, see what you guys are talking about here. Um, Yo, D-A-V, yo, says, yo, say it with your chest. Man, I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to. Uh, Jason uh, Reynolds comes in and says, yo, we got to stop with MVP and just play. 100%. 100%. We have to stop the MVP talk, stop the Super Bowl talk, all that. Just play. Just play. And you know what? I'll say this. I, th- there was there was a uh, a uh, a clip on on Twitter. I think it came out today. Or maybe I think it was today. Um, I'm trying to remember who who posted it. I think I may have bookmarked it. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know if I, if I can't find it, then I'll just talk about it. But nevertheless, um, it was it was a clip because I had and I had I had shared it. That's what I did. Anyway, it was um, a clip of practice, right? It was just practice, man. Just just practice, and uh, it, it it showed Mr. Gabriel Davis. Right. It showed Mr. Gabe Davis. There it is. It was from uh, Dan Fettis. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But anyway, it was just a clip of uh, Gabe Davis practicing, running a little route in practice. And he caught the ball and then he proceeds to dance. He just proceeded to dance. And all Dan Fettis said was catch, dance, repeat. Catch, dance, repeat. And I'm like, you know what? That's just true. That's true. And so I retweeted, I quote tweeted, and I was like, you know what? When you haven't performed on the field of late, every critique is fair game. And so now everybody's going to dissect everything you do. You've been playing like hot garbage, and here you are in practice dancing after a little small catch when you haven't been catching anything in the games that matter. When you're going to catch a little pass in, in, in practice with nobody guarding you, and you're dancing. Catch. Dance, repeat. Just something I thought I, I, you know was interesting. I wanted to throw out there. And Patty comes in. He says, "She says, yo, uh, Rev, you are brave to discuss this. I mean, I appreciate that, Patty. Um, I just think it, it just needs to be talked about, right? It needs to be talked about. Uh, we, because we, I mean, we have to. We critique our team because we love them, right? We don't do it just because we want to be like like some super troll. We're not trolls. We're fans who love our team." And we want them to see, we want to see them do better, 
be better, perform better, and perform up to their potential. And this team, the past six quarters, have fallen woefully short of that potential. What say you? Now let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. On defense. Who on the defensive side of the ball needs to put up or shut up? Let me know. Let me know what you think. Who on the defensive side of the ball needs to put up or shut up? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know what? <laughs> there is there's only one person to me. And uh, this person has gone completely missing. I want to wait to see if anybody here in the chat is going to talk about this person right here. Um, I see, I see Edmonds in here. I don't know about Edmonds. Edmonds has been playing pretty well. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> here's, a, here's a different one. Alpha Rob says Frazier needs to put up. I don't, I don't know, Alpha. I mean, Frazier's been doing, he's been doing a very good job. I give him credit, right? Um, the past couple of, couple of weeks, the defensive line has not looked good in the run game, run defense, right? We saw that, saw that little thing creep up, right, against the Packers, and we all kind of blew it off as to say, you know what? The Packers, I mean, the Bills are, aren't concerned with that because, you know, the Packers don't have anything on offense passing the ball and they're just running the clock out. So that's what they wanted to do with the, with the lead into the fourth quarter. They were content with letting them run the ball, run the clock out. I had made mention, I was like, yo, should this be something we should be concerned about? Should it be something? I don't know. I don't like it. Frazier said, I think, uh, the following week after that game, he was like, you know what, something we'll correct. What happened? The Jets came in and we came in into New Jersey, right? And let the Jets run all over us for almost 200 yards on the ground. What's the excuse now? What's the excuse then? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? They weren't just running the clock out. No. What happened? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, you know, and we hear players, I think, I think Jordan Phillips said, you know, we just got to tackle better. Well, then do it. People were just weren't in the right place, you know, uh, missing the gaps and all that. Kind of, well, just be where you're supposed to be, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's that simple, come on now. Fix it. Anyway. Anyway. And so when I'm looking at the Bills' defense, who needs to put up or shut up? There's a player in particular that, uh, man, I've just like been like, yo, where has this guy been? Where is he? And that is Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. Jim Graham, he, he caught it. He said, yo, Ed needs to. You're right, Jim. Ed Oliver, man. Where has Ed been? Where has he been? Former first-round pick, number 10 overall draft pick for the Bills. Looking for a huge contract extension. But this man has been MIA. Where has he been? A huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. And I know he's missed a few games. So I'm not knocking him on that aspect, right? You can't knock a guy for being hurt. But when he was on the field, I mean, we're looking at right at Ed Oliver. Nine total tackles. Nine. Nine of them. Zero TFLs for a 
three-technique defensive tackle whose entire game is built around him penetrating, getting into the backfield, and he has zero tackles for loss this year. Zero. But he does have four quarterback hits. For what that's worth. And zero sacks. Once again, I look like a fool because I went on record and said, on my mama, maybe I need to stop putting stuff on my mama. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> but anyway, I said, I said, on my mama, Ed Oliver is going to have his first double-digit sack season of his career. I felt like he was going to explode this year because he had the likes of Von Miller playing beside him. And then you got Greg Rousseau on the other side. And then you had the you insert Daquan Jones, a true one tech defensive tackle, eating up double teams and whatnot. And then you just then you bring in Jordan Phillips and you got Tim Settle. I thought that that Ed Oliver was going to feast on quarterbacks this year. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Man, I don't know what is up with that man. And I love me some Ed. I do. But, bro, what is going on, man? I don't get it. Maybe somebody help me out. I'm puzzled. Puzzled at, at why Ed has been just uh, yo, MIA, man. <laughs> yo, Mark Luciano comes in. He says, yo, yeah, brother, leave mama out of this. <laughs> Man, I may need to, man. I'm trying to be creative, you know, with my segments. And, yo, I'm my mama. All that, man, maybe I need to leave. Let's leave mama out of this, man. Leave my mama out of this altogether. That's probably what I need. You're probably right, Mark. <laughs> You're a fool for that. <laughs> but, yeah, man, yo, it's it's uh, it hasn't looked good, man. It hasn't looked good. So, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure. What's, I don't know what how they can correct it. Um, I saw somebody said, yo, Ed hasn't looked good since his injury. Uh, where is that at? Uh, yeah, yeah. Bill's Mafia, yo, uh, comes and says, yo, since his injury, yo, he's not the same. He's just not the same. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's the case. But I figured, I mean, he sat out long enough. I thought that he would have gotten, you know, back right. I don't know. I can't pretend to understand or, or to know. Um, I'm just talking. That's what we do. Um, and so we'll see. But, uh, but, man, based upon what we've seen or have not seen, Ed Oliver has not been there. He, he needs to put up or shut up, in my opinion, especially, man. <laughs> When you're in the contract year, were you trying to get paid? You should, bro, are you trying to get paid, bro? Like, I would have thought for, for real, like anybody, like you, you see this, right? Guys on contract seasons, yo, they perform. They put it all on the line. They put up for the bag. Maybe I don't want the bag. Maybe he doesn't want it. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm not saying he don't want it. But some, something needs to give. I'm not too sure. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is my put up or shut up segment. Brought to you by my own doggone self, baby, <laughs> on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Smash that like, hit the subscribe button, and turn on those bell notifications. Let me know if you agree or disagree with me on the put up or shut up. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are 52 minutes into the show. I appreciate everybody who's watching me live and those who are listening on podcast format. This is Rated Rev, brought to you by Bet US on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. And speaking of BetUS, take a look and listen at this message from our sponsor. 
Football is back, and so is BetUS.com for our 28th year of NFL action. With live in-game betting, incredible odds with daily odds boosters, props, parlays, fast payouts, and exceptional customer service, BetUS has it all. Sign up today at BetUS.com. BetUS, where the game begins. Bills Mafia, Buffalo Phonetics, let me ask you this question because as we move on to the next uh, uh, segment of the show, I need to ask this question to everybody out there because I know we've all been waiting for it. But will Trey White finally play this Sunday? Oh, man. Will Trey White finally play? Will this be the week Tredavious White hits the field for yours and mine, Buffalo Bills? Oh, man. What do you guys think about this? We've been waiting for this for quite some time. Quite some time. Um, we knew that he's been cleared, right, uh, to return. Um, many were kind of hoping that he would play last week. I'm glad that he didn't. We all know that uh, that for one, that 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 field man is terrible, right? There's been a lot of talk about that field, and we did not want Trey White coming back from a torn ACL to play on that pitiful field and re-injure himself. But we also knew that Sean McDermott was likely going to play the slow game with Trey White, and I appreciate him for that, right? Because we have um, three very good outside corners right now when we look at Dane Jackson and the two rookies Kyer Elam and Christian Benford so there was really no need for us to be desperate and rush Trey back even though I don't think they would do that if they didn't have the depth but so I, I expected them to take their time with Trey White moving forward and they have done just that and so I figured if he did not play against the Jets, which I hope that he didn't, which I'm glad he didn't. They needed to bring him out. Man, man, what type of, what better way to reintroduce Trey to 70,000 screaming Buffalo fanatics, Bills Mafia fans, and then multiply millions across the world than to have him make his return at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo? What better way to do it? Right, bring the man back at home, let him be introduced to a standing ovation. Trey White back on the field doing his thing. That to me was a perfect scenario, right? And we've seen him in practice, we've seen him look pretty good, right? And so, I still anticipate whenever he does play, he's going to be on some sort of snap count, right? Some sort of snap count, uh, which is to be expected. We don't want we don't want him to be rushed out there on the field. Especially this week when he has to face Justin Jefferson. Now man, I ain't gonna lie, Justin Jefferson is that dog, man. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a, he's a young dog. He's a dog. And so do you want do you want Trey White? Do you want to throw him in there to the wolves? Just throw him in the in the in the lions den, man, with the wolves and just, just throw him in there and let him get the whole all the snaps. No, no, I think 
that if he does play, and we know that 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 uh that he is he's day to day, right? Sal Capaccio said it. Um, um, that that he's day to day earlier today. I think that if McDermott does decide to play him, he's going to be on a snap count, which is important. He's the man in. Let him get back into the flow of the game, right? Because he's been rehabbing all this time, and then now that he's got clear to practice, now he's just finally getting into practice, right? Been practicing for a few weeks. He's still trying to get into shape, into game shape, okay? So you don't want to just throw him in there you want to ease him in there, sprinkle him in there a little bit here and there, here and there. And so that's that's what I expect to happen. But they could possibly just decide to, to hold him off again for another week. They, there's really no need to throw him out there right now. Um, and so it's quite possible, though, that, that, that we see him, um, especially if they don't feel too confident in uh, Dane Jackson and or Kyer Elam or, you know, uh, Christian Benford going up against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not too sure about that, but uh, I'll let me see. If I were to, if I were a betting man, and I'm trying to like like get into the mind of Sean McDermott, right? I think that we could see. I think we'll see trade this Sunday. I do. I think we'll see trade this Sunday, um, albeit, like I mentioned earlier, on a snap count. Sprinkled in here and there. He may get, he may get, you know, he may see the field first. Just get him in there, right? While the, I mean, especially because you imagine if he, if, you know, he hears from, from, from McDermott, yeah, you, Trey, you're playing today, right? And you, can you imagine just the anticipation and the nerves and all the excitement, all the emotions running through him right now? To have him sit on the sideline, biting his fingernails, waiting for him to get on the field throughout the game, I think that'll be too nerve-wracking. I think what, what McDermott probably would do is if he gives him the head, the nod to play the game, he's, he'd probably put him out there. First defensive series, he may throw him out there already. Just, just go ahead and get out there. Get it out to, just, just get the nerves out, out, out the way. You know what I'm saying? Get, get some, get, you know, just get in the flow of the game. He may see a first series. He may see a couple of snaps. But I think he'll, he'll throw him in there. First, first series. That's what I'm thinking. And then throughout the game, we'll see how he plays and how he holds up, how his knee holds up and how he looks. That's my line of thinking. Now, what do you guys think? I see, man, people coming here and say, yo, trade day Sunday. People are excited about it, and, and, and they should be. Um, no in, New Engine comes in and says, yo, I think Trey has to play. We need him. I don't know if we need him like that, per se. I mean, I get it from a... Veteran leadership standpoint, yes. If if Poyer is not is out and we have to try out the likes of Demar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson again, who should never see the field again. I'm talking about Jaquan Johnson. Demar Hamlin, he's decent, but Jaquan should never see the field again. I'm not even gonna get into it. On defense, never, never. Special teams, yeah, that's fine. But anyway, so we would need some veteran leadership. So that would be good to have Trey White on there on the field for that. But do we need him in terms of you like, like desperation because of who we're going up against? I don't think so, man. I think I think Dame Jackson, Kyrie Elam, and Christian Benford would be able to you know hold up against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think so. You ain't gonna just just completely shut down just Justin Jefferson because I mean, who can stop 
the best dogs in the league. You know what I'm saying? The top guys, they're gonna they're gonna eat, they're gonna get theirs. So it's all about the secondary guys, the Adam Thielens and all that the likes. You know what I'm saying? So um, I still think that we would be fine, even if Trey does not play. But I do think that he will play, not because we're desperate or we need him to play. Um, Frank uh, Frank uh, Perella says, yo, Coach McDermott is being too conservative. Uh, are you talking about being too conservative with with Trey playing or whether or not he will play? Uh, I'm not too sure what you what you are, what you're uh, referring to, Frank. Um, if you can just just bring some uh, specificity to that that comment. Uh, let me see here. Okay, so Frank. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm I'm going through. So Frank, he comes back and says, "Yo, uh, Vikings, man, we need we need Trey back." All right. So against the Vikings, we need him back because Kyrie Elam got beat by the Jets last week. You know what? Uh, let's talk about that, man. Kyrie Elam, young cornerback, is taking his lumps in the National Football League. Right? He's taking his lumps. He really is. But um. When you uh when you look at it, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, hold on a second. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Let me let me see if I can pull it up here real quickly. I'm gonna share my screen. Let me see if I can if I can share it. Because I want I want you guys to see just some some numbers for, for Kyer Elam. Uh where is it at here? There we go. That one. Let me share this. All right. Do you see that? So NFL Rookie Watch put this out. They tweeted this. And it said, Kyrie Elam has allowed just 267 yards through eight games of play. That is the second least among all rookie cornerbacks with a minimum of 240 coverage snaps. Lock emoji. Well, I don't know about a lock emoji, right? Because they're only doing this uh, amongst rookie cornerbacks. But nevertheless, he has fared pretty well, okay? Granted, uh, we see him and we're like, man, look, he's, he's getting beat by this guy. He's getting beat by that guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but he's a rookie cornerback. He's going to take his lumps. And I think a lot of it also has to do with, with the scheme, right? I mean, in zone, I mean, we see Trey give up yards, right? Because of the scheme, it's zone. Uh, you, you, we, we, and we see Kyle Elam getting upset, right, when he, when he gives up. When, when he gives up receptions, he gets upset. Well, I mean, he came from Florida where he played man coverage. He's used to playing man, but now he's in this scheme where he's required to play zone. He's not used to it. And so in zone defense, you're going to give up receptions. You're going to give up yards, but you want to keep everything in front of you, which he has been doing. And so he's frustrated right now because it's, it's a different, this is, this, is, this is new territory for him. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's just going to, I think he's going to be just fine. So I'm not I'm not concerned about Kyrie Elam going forward. Um, he'll he'll adjust, he'll learn, but he'll develop a new skill set in addition to playing man coverage. All right, but that's why they're also swapping him out with with uh, Christian Benford, who has experience and more experience in playing zone coverage from college. So anyway, they'll be good. Um, I want to get into another comment that I saw. Uh, this is from Jeff King. You know, he asked a question. He says, "Yo, Rev, my question to you and everybody in here: How much do you think this downside is due to believing their own press?" All of them, Josh included. There's games that Josh acts like he can throw anything up. Man, look here. Um, I'm not sure, Jeff. That's a good question. I'm not sure if, if, if they're just believing their own press. That, I mean, it's, it's possible, right? It's possible. I mean, when they – the entire offseason and then leading up into the season, they, they're hearing that they are Super Bowl favorites, Super Bowl contenders, right? 
that can it can get into their heads. And then as and then when they came into the league, I mean into the season, and they're beating the breaks off of the off of the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams, blowing them out 35-10 or something like that, right? And then just just demolishing the 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 uh the the, the number one seed in the AFC from last year and the Titans just beating them completely senseless, right? And then you see them having these close games against the Ravens and coming back and winning, blowing out the, the, the Steelers, going into Arrowhead Stadium, beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, it's possible that they started to believe the hype. It is quite possible. But I find it, I, I just, I would, I would not like to believe that a Sean McDermott coached football team. The, the guy who preaches be humble yet hungry, right? Having a healthy respect for your opponent would have players in his locker room from the top, like Josh Allen and other guys, believe their own press clippings. I don't know. It's possible, but I just I I hope that's not the case, Jeff. Because I agree, man. There's there's times when Josh does just throw it up. You know, I'm like, what are you seeing? You know what I'm saying? Like I mentioned earlier, like. He said, he said, you know, I didn't see that defender in front of the, in, in front of or behind the defensive end who was in, actually in front of Knox. And the other one, I had a brain fart. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I hope they correct it. And they better correct it this Sunday. They better correct it this Sunday very fast. Um, so anyway, uh, moving on. So, yeah, looking at, looking at, uh, some of these uh, these matchups, yeah, I think Kyrie Elam is going to be just fine. I, th- I think he's going to be just fine uh, going forward, right? I think he's going to be just fine going forward. And then Trey White, you know, he may or he may not play. I think he's going to be. I think he will play, but just on a limited snap count, just on a limited basis, on a limited basis. But let's keep it moving, guys, ladies and gentlemen. We are an hour and some change into the show already. Do me this favor, will you? If you haven't already done so, smash that like, hit the subscribe button if you have not done so already and turn those bell notifications on i want to ask or or talk about this real quickly i think there's some underlying matchups that are at hand as the bills face the minnesota vikings this sunday underlying matchups what are some underlying matchups that you think exist for me i think number one is 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 stefan diggs versus uh, justin jefferson it has to be Diggs versus Jefferson. First of all, you know Diggs is going to want to play. Uh, he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder, right? Because that's the team, his former team, right? Who, in, in his probably by his estimation, and did not value him, did not appreciate him enough, right? He gets traded from the Vikings to the Bills, and now it's his chance to play against the team, his former team, for the first time, right? He is no doubt going to be willing, ready. To put on a show, the proof to those guys that I'm the man. But then on the other side, you've got the Vikings, who, when they made that trade, used the, the the draft pick that they got from Buffalo to draft their young stud wide receiver and Justin Jefferson, who has been tearing up the league right now. And they are looking to prove themselves right. Who won the trade? Now we won the trade. Look at Justin Jefferson. Look what he's done. Jefferson's better than Diggs. Diggs like, nah, man, I'm, I'm him. How Diggs says, I'm him. The Bills won the trade. That's an underlying matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing. But you know what else I'm looking forward to? And that is whenever you guys come through with some super chats. I really appreciate that. And namely, number one, we got my man Silas Willow coming through with another super chat. Silas, I appreciate the love and support, brother. 
He says, Yo, why is it so hard to believe that Miami and New York, the Jets, are better than we fans gave them credit to be? We played both these teams with key injuries, so the talent gap is closer. Our stars must play better. Must play better. I agree, Silas. Um, they, they are better than we than, than we gave them credit for. They're sure enough better than I gave them credit for. I did not think there'd be any way the Bills would lose to any of them, let alone both of them. I thought, what does it matter? I just thought that we were that we were just that far ahead of them, head and shoulders above the Jets and the Dolphins. I stand corrected. They're better than I thought. They are, and two us better than I thought too. We were dogging Tua, looking at Tyreek Hill going, man, please. And Tyreek Ty talking about, yo, Tua is more accurate than Pat Mahomes. And, and, all this. and we're like, man, you're just talking. You're just talking. Look, the bread leads the league in receiving right now. Over 1,000 yards right now. Eight games into the season. What is that? On pace for ridiculous numbers. With Tua. Something that he didn't do with Pat Mahomes. You got to give him credit, man. And the Jets, behind that defense, man, that top defense, those guys have been playing, balling out. And if they don't make mistakes on offense, they're always going to stay in the game. So it is what it is, man. I agree with you, Silas. Yo, I mean, we got to give them credit. And it's true, man. Our stars have to play better. They have to show up, man. Look, they're stars for a reason. You expect, like, you know, your secondary players, you know what I'm saying, your depth players, you know what I'm saying, to kind of have funk games, right? Like, you, you expect them not to really perform. But your stars? No. Nah. No. Nah. You don't expect that to happen at all. But... It has. And so they got to correct it. And they got to correct it starting Sunday against the Vikings. So underlying matchup, number one, I think it's Diggs versus Jefferson. Who, who won that trade? You guys let me know. Who won that trade? Did the Bills win it? Or did the, or did the, the Vikings win it? That's going to be something that, that, that's going to be very fascinating to watch this Sunday. Another underlying matchup to see this Sunday is going to be the Cook brothers, right? James versus Dalvin. We can't, I mean, we got to talk about it, right? Dalvin Cook coming into town, playing against the team his little brother's playing on right now, and James Cook and the Buffalo Bills. Dalvin versus James. Big bro versus little bro. It's unfair for me to say who's going to perform, who's going to outperform the other, because, like, right, come on, like, really, we already know, right? I'm saying Dalvin, he's a, he's a, he's a lead dog. He's a star down there in Minnesota. James barely gets the ball. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it, it you know, it's really not even a uh it ain't really worth you know what I'm talking about like that, you know what I'm saying? But but it is interesting, right? When you look at it, man, could this be the week when could Ken Dorsey because of it? Could he just be out the box creative and decide to feature James Cook a little more in the offense this week? Because of, you know what I'm saying, knowing that you know he he's playing against his big brother and you know little brothers they they wanna they wanna show out, you know what I'm saying, and they want to show up against their against their big brothers. So surely you're right, you know, Ken Dorsey probably has a few a few few plays in there, you know what I'm saying, for 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 James to kind of show off a little bit, do his thing. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, James Cook more involved in the offense starting this Sunday against the Vikings. I think that's gonna be a good one. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, I don't know if I should say looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Allen, right? But as I led off, I began to talk about um, 
whether or not a Josh Allen potential absence this Sunday could be a blessing in disguise for the Bills offense. Could it be? Could it be? And uh, let me tell you why I think it could be. Okay? Let me tell you why I think it could be. Do you guys think that it could be a blessing in disguise for the offense? I know. You're like, Ram, are you out of your mind? There's no way. There's no way. Josh Allen not playing this Sunday could be a blessing in disguise for the offense. Let me tell you why I think it could be. Before you guys start throwing stones and pitchforks at me, okay? <laughs> Listen, Josh has been in the funk. I think we all can agree upon that, right? The past six quarters, right, going back to the second half of the Green Bay game, he has not looked himself. I don't know what it is, but he just has not looked like the Josh Allen we have been accustomed to seeing the past two going on three years. What's up with Josh? Is it something off the field? Is it something on the field? Is he in his mind? What, what is up? And then you couple that with this elbow injury that he sustained against the Jets that we don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? With. We don't understand. We don't know the timetable. McDermott said, day to day. That's all we have. Will he play? Will he not play? But beyond that, when you, when you, when you, Combine all of that together. And then you look at the pressure now that is mounting upon this Bills team, namely the offense, because you have the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets now nipping at your heels, like Jeff King said earlier, nipping at your heels. Yeah, you may be first, finger quotes, first in the AFC, but it ain't by no margin really worth touting. I think you're tied with the, with the Chiefs, but nevertheless, it's a lot of pressure to win this game. A lot of pressure to perform because you don't want to set your team back again. Put them on a two-game losing streak. Six and three now. I think Josh Allen, if he were to play, would come out with all of that pressure and would be really trying to perform and could possibly press and force the issue. So, Insert Case Keenum. Here comes Case Keenum. We all know, going up against his former team in the Vikings, right? Last time we saw a case with the Vikings, man, was in the playoffs, man, and he performed a Minneapolis miracle. To guess who? Stefan Diggs, right? So, and they went after Case Keenum for a reason this year, this offseason. They went after him because they wanted a veteran, a solid veteran backup to Josh. Trubisky left. They wanted to get in a, another vet. Barkley was not the guy. They were waiting for somebody. Boom, Case Keenum was there, brought him in. You look at Case Keenum. And... uh. I've got some people in here, man, talking about it. Yo, Scott Van Luke comes in with a super chat. Scott, I appreciate the super chat. He says, yo, I have, I have more faith in, my, in Matt Barkley than I do Case Keenum. That's just my opinion. I'm with you, Scott. I see where you're coming from, man. I'm sure you're not the only one. 
But when you look at Case Keenum coming in, this is why I think it could be a, a potential blessing in disguise if Allen were to miss his game. Case Keenum, yeah, no doubt, is going to have some pressure, right, to perform. He is. But not the pressure that Allen has right now, right? But when you look at the past six quarters, the entire game against the Jets and the second half against the Packers, and you look at Josh Allen individually, you look at the mistakes that he has made on the field, the interceptions, the poor decisions, the ill-advised throws and, and, and just the, the, the brain farts, as he says, it makes you wonder, is there something that he's not seeing, right? Because I've seen some clips. I can't remember who it was from, but I saw some clips where, where there, was play, there, there was guys wide open underneath that Josh, for whatever reason, either did not see or just did not want to throw it to him and tried to force it to Stephon Diggs. Because let's just be honest, it's been, this, it's been the Allen the Diggs show for eight games, right? Excuse me. And so Josh is wanting to feature his guy. He trusts him, as he should. But he has gotten now into the habit of forcing these balls into Diggs at times when other guys are wide open. Forcing it. We can't have that. I've been wondering, like, is it, is, it, is it Dorsey? Is Dorsey calling just bad games? Or is Josh really just not seeing the field properly? He's just forcing the issue in the digs. There's a couple of times against the Jets game where I saw Kair, I mean, Khalil Shakir open on the, you know, uh, uh, down the boundary, open for a short, easy five-yard five pass. Josh Allen does not even look his direction, forces it. Dawson Knox open underneath. There's opportunities for Josh to take what the defense is giving him, but for whatever reason, he has not been doing that of late. And so maybe he just needs to sit it out, this game, get his mind right. Because I guarantee you, when Case Keenum enters the game, he's not going to play like Josh Allen plays because he's not Josh Allen. So we could see some sort of a spark in the offense getting back on track with the idea of you know getting the ball to the open receiver uh taking what the defense gives you if it's dump offs and you got to dink and dunk all the way down the field so be it check down whatever the case may be just dunk it and don't force the ball into coverage especially when you're playing against a team like the minnesota vikings who if i'm not mistaken they are up there in the turnover margin i know they're up there in turnover dif differential so you definitely don't want to be forcing the issue forcing the ball against this defense. And I think Josh Allen, if he were to come back, he would have all that pressure and would likely force the issue. So it could be a blessing in disguise if Case Keenum is there and playing and he just dinks and dunks the entire game with a mixture of the run game, which I hope we start to see this game. A more balanced approach on offense because you can't now, you, now you can't rely on Josh Allen. Right. And maybe this is something that Allen needs to see. And maybe it's also something that Dorsey needs to see as well. Josh cannot be the offense. He can't be the offense. And Josh needs to see that. Yo, look, I can't force the ball to digs all the time. I need to look other ways, other places. 
as much as he wants to get the ball down the field because he's impatient at times. Let's just be honest. Take what the defense gives you. Moves and counter moves. They can do this, man. I believe in Diggs. I believe in Davis. I believe in, in, in a, well, I don't know about McKenzie. Huh? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know about that guy. Shakir, Dawson Knox, Motor Singletary, James Cook. They have enough weapons. They just need to take what the defense gives them. This is why I think it could possibly be a blessing in disguise, man. If Case Keenan plays, or it could be a complete curse and the Bills just stink it up again and Case looks like hot garbage. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong, man. I could definitely be wrong. But you never know. What do you guys think, man? Let me, let me, let me, let me go through the chat this time. I want to take some time and go through the chat and read through it. I want to see what you guys have been saying here. Um, let's go through it here. Uh, let me see here. What do I want to go? I see uh, Frank comes in here. Frank Perella says, yo, dink and dunk. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what they need to do, man. Just dink and dunk. Um, he also says that, yo, there's the, you know, we've got no slot receivers that he trusts. And he always wants a big play. He does, man. He, he always wants to play the big play. But sometimes, I mean, you, you, you never go pro taking a profit. If, if Diggs is covered, if he's double covered, then if you don't force the ball to him, especially if you got Dawson Knox here for a quick three, you know what I'm saying? You got him open for a quick four. I mean, come on now. Take it. Take, just take it, man. Take, take it. Four times three is 12, baby. That's the first now. You know what I'm saying? So just take it. Just, just take it. Dink and duck, man. That, Brady used to torch us doing that. Torch us dinking. We couldn't stand it, but they couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. And then 12 plays, 13, 14 plays later down the field. Here they are in the, in the red zone. Boom, they punch it in. Touchdown. Eight up, eight minutes of the clock. You know what I'm saying? If that's, a, if that's the game you have to play because of the way the defense is playing, you've been so be it. Just win the game, for crying out loud. And see, Jeff King comes in here. He says, yo, Rev, I love you, man. But speaking honestly now, does it ever cross anybody's minds that he's chasing Mahomes and trying those long balls instead of the checkdowns to match stats? To match stats? I hope I'm wrong. Man, Jeff, you, I mean, it's possible, dude. It's possible. It's possible he's trying to live up to the hype and live up to the standard. Because we know he has a high standard for himself. So he's possibly trying to live up to it and doing too much in the process, overcompensating for it. Understand without understanding that, yo, you can't do this by yourself. It's not you. It's not you and you and you alone. You got Diggs. You got Davis. You got Knox. You got you got Shakir and, and, and McKenzie and however you want to do that. You got motor. And I wonder, speaking of motor, man, I wonder if he's checking out of running run, run plays too. And he's like, man, forget that. I ain't running the ball. I'm throwing it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not Ken Dorsey. I don't know what's going on. But you never know what's happening. But I hope that we correct it. Because this game right now, it is pivotal that they fix these issues. Right? Especially the issues on now. We didn't touch the defense. The defense issues in, in the run game. Man, look. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it real quick and I'm going to get out of here. Rush defense, man, I hope they fix it now. We'll find out. Green Bay showed us something. We're like, oh, I don't like it. Oh, they, they just did it because they wanted to run the clock out. Okay, fine, whatever. That's, that's what you say. Mm -hmm. What happened? Jets, boom, a buck 70 something on the defense. Now what? Okay, you didn't see that coming, but they ran down your throat. Now you got, now you got Dalvin Cook coming in, 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 into town. What are you going to do with that? You going to stop that? And what about the week after? You know who you play right after the, after the Vikings? You got 
you've got the Chubb and Hunt show coming into town. So, you know, I hope Frazier and the defensive line, they, they correct it. They learn how to tackle. They, they fit their gaps the right way. And they, 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 sh they sure that up because before the Green Bay Packers game, they were stopping the run. They shut down Derrick Henry, right? So they can do it. They can do it. But I need them to do it, <laughs> okay, here on out. I need to do it. Uh, Brian Bowers says, yo, Revio, he's definitely checking out of run plays. He possibly may, he very well may, may, may be doing that, man. And, I, and if he is, man, I hope Ken Dorsey gets all in his grill. I hope he does, man, because he can't be doing that nonsense. You're not Superman, bro. You, you're just not him. You, this is a team sport, bro. Do your 111. You got, you got 10 other brothers, man, on the offensive side of the ball. Let them help you. So somebody needs to get in his head. Let him know, man. Silas Whittle says, yo, Josh needs to look underneath first. Diggs will always be there when we need a big play. Josh ain't chasing Mahomes, but he is emulating Aaron Rodgers, and that is not a good thing. Yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, man, I just hope he fixes it, man, because I, I, we've seen it, like, right? The first, what, six games of the, the year, we've seen him doing that, just taking what the defense gives him. That's why the Bills' offense was tops of the league, 31 points per game, right? They just, just kill him. They couldn't stop him, taking what the defense gave him. But now, I don't know, man. Maybe he's just feeling the pressure to be the MVP and wants to do all. I don't know. They need to fix it. They need to fix it. Frank Perella says, yo, humble and hungry. That, that needs to be the approach, man. That needs to be the approach. Humble and hungry. So we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. But, 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 but. What I know what's going to happen, though. What I do know is what's going to happen is that it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great matchup. Uh, the 7-1 Minnesota Vikings coming into Buffalo to host, I mean, to play against the 6-2 Buffalo Bills, currently number one in the AFC right now. Is it going to be a great game? Is it going to be a high-scoring game? I don't know. I can't say. It really depends on what's happening. Um, but we are going to continue to to monitor the Josh Allen elbow injury thing. Definitely going to do that. You know what's going to happen. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I have faith in this team, and I want to tell you guys, do not lose hope. Okay, don't jump off the, the, the ship. Don't jump the ship. Don't abandon the ship. Okay, don't do it. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. And let's hope that uh, they correct it this Sunday against the Vikings. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now look here. I appreciate everybody, man, uh, who's been joining me this entire evening. Uh, it means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your, out of your, out of your night to show me some love and hop on here. Um, it means a lot. And, I, and I'm glad. I'm glad. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, you know how we do it. Make sure that you stay tuned to the Buffalo Fanatics going forward, man. We've got Rico Report coming Friday night. You know how he does it. The spaces this Saturday. We got the pregame show with the fellas. You know how we do it. We got the live game day reaction from my man, Pierre. It's the kingpin. You want to check that out. So you want to stay locked and loaded to the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all of our platforms. Go to supportbf.com. That's where you can find us. And show some love to everybody. All the Bills Mafia, man. I appreciate you.
Thanks for watching again. And until next time, baby, grace and peace. God bless and go Bill.